This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 11th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who believes 2025 will indeed be the year of Cougar football, Jerem Jordan. Let's see, BYU will have won three Big 12 Two Big 12 titles in a row going for a third at that point. Is that what we're saying? Georgia gets it done after 42 years, by the way. Last title in 80. Vince Dooley, uh, you know, was the coach at the time. BYU played at Georgia in 82, by the way. This is like a famous close loss. Losers talk about margin. Uh, Herschel Walker, Steve Young. It's a crazy game, right? Uh, Chris Vinini tweeted, Georgia taking down Big Bad Bama gives hope to all the other teams that have 19 five-star players on the <laughs> It, BYU's B- got one. BYU's got one in Kingsley, Suamata, Pancake You on Your Butt, Ia. So very excited uh, to look forward to, I guess, 2026, 20, question mark, 42 years after BYU's last national title. So this is important. Is it 41 or 42 years? Because did Georgia win the 1980 season national championship? And then Georgia won the 2021 season national championship, though oh, technically right. it was in 25. 2022. Okay, yeah, so yeah it, BYU's not... Hopefully, BYU goes to a New Year's Six game in the first 10 years in the Big 12. Yeah. So it's 41 That would be years. fun. Yeah. Hey, I'll take a New Year's Six. Are you kidding me? Moses is like, listen, 40 plus, I'm out. <laughs> We've been wandering in the desert for so long. What, what happened quicker? Salt Lake Temple got built. Israelites <laughs> found a home. Or BYU wins another natty. Take me to the land of we'll milk discuss. and honey, please. Yeah. How about your five-star Tuesday show lineup? Does where BYU football finished in the national polls validate the Cougars' unforgettable 2021 season? ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us to wrap up the college football season and discuss why he thinks BYU may just be ranked in a better position to open up next season. Plus, do you even care where BYU finishes in the rankings as long as they beat their rival. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football's ranked 19th in the final eight people. Yeah. Cougars finished 11th uh, in 2020, so back-to-back years, man. Back-to-back top 20. Let's go. BYU beat two final AP top 25 teams, a Cameron Risingless Utah, they would have us know, at 12th, and Utah State at 24. Look at the Aggies. Then in uh, ESPN's way too early top 25. Why is it way too early? Isn't it perfectly timed now? The season's over? Uh, BYU is 18th. So we'll discuss much more about the rankings coming up. BYU men's basketball currently an eight seed in Joe Lenardi's newest bracketology. The Cougars running into a massive week of road challenges after a hard-fought 52-43 home win against St. Mary's. The Gales are an 11th seed, by the way. BYU will play at projected number one seed Gonzaga on Thursday and then at a projected 10 seed in San Francisco on Saturday. A road split here would be monumental for BYU. Women's Hoops remains 18th in the AP poll at 12-1 on the season. Also some rescheduling news. Previously postponed game with San Diego from December 30th is now on Saturday, January 22nd on BYU TV. Then the road game at San Diego is moved to Monday, January 24th. I'm okay with this because it's the same team, so you don't have to adjust the scout too much. But if it was a different team, 
playing a Monday where BYU, they know, chooses not to practice or play a game on Sunday would be weird. But this is okay. It's the same opponent. I assume that was part of the conversation. It's like a two-game playoff series. Home yes, and road. Except it doesn't matter. <laughs> like that. BYU Gymnastics freshman Eliza Miller wins the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Beam Specialist of the Week. She scores a 9875. Remarkable. But then consider this. It was her first ever college meet, and she did so last Friday night in a quad meet at the Maverick Center in the Best of Utah meet, which featured Utah and Utah State. A lot of pressure. The Cougars were missing nine athletes due to COVID protocols and still managed a solid team score of 195.225. That's amazing. Men's volleyball moves down a spot from 6-7 to seven in the ABCA coaches poll after being swept twice at number 5 Penn State. Cougars are ninth in the media poll. Brigham's boys have a bye this week, then host UC Irvine next week. It'll be good to get those guys home and in front of a rockin' Smithfield house to help kind of bolster the troops. BYU as a university in general announced they will now require attendees of large indoor public events on campus athletics performing arts conferences and symposiums to present proof of full vaccination or a negative covid 19 test to gain access to the event venue this change will go into effect on january 20th all rise and shout it's time for what's trending you're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. History in the making for BYU football. The Cougars have done something now in back-to-back -back years that hasn't been accomplished in more than a decade, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Let's continue on this. For the first time since 2008 and 2009, BYU finishes ranked in the final AP poll. Back-to-back -back years, Jerem. So does finishing ranked in the final AP poll for a second consecutive year now validate what BYU accomplished in 2021? Feels like uh, the dodgeball scene where Ben Stiller saying, we're better than you. And we know it, like uh, which people like to joke with, you know, people from the Marriott School. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's funny. Norman memes. I, I think this is the only way to validate and quantify BYU in independence. We've talked about this a lot. If, if you can't finish in the top 25, you can still have a good year, but you're one of the best teams in the country, which is awesome. So just second time in independence, just the first time when you have a Power 5 team on the schedule, right, like a normal regular schedule, it validated everything that happened last year. It was supposed to be a rebuild. You lost a number two pick and a first-team All-American left tackle. You're not supposed to be 10-3 and three with seven Power 5s on there, but BYU was. So it was an incredible coaching job, 14th time in BYU history in the top 20. I say 20 because – for a long time, the AP just did the 20. They didn't do the 25. So it's hard to know, like, did the 80, uh, 79 team or the 77 team finish 23rd? They just did top 20. So that's awesome. That's awesome, man. There were, there were a lot of ups, a couple downs. Um, Baylor ends up being the fifth best team in the country. So you're not going to win that game on the road, right? Like, that, that, <laughs> that would be incredible. Obviously, the Boise State game is disappointing. The UAB game is disappointing. There's, I'm not disappointed by Baylor. Like, that team's better. You, you're going to lose. Um, but it, it was a tremendous season and one that should be celebrated for a long time. Unfortunately, there's a dithering, uh, a dampening of this, this season because of the way the bowl game played out. And that's unfortunate for this group. But let's not forget that BYU played 7-5, 6-1, 5-0 versus Pac-12, which was down, but BYU won those games. 
Tyler Algier, the greatest rushing season we've ever seen. Jaron Hall had a tremendous season, probably underrated. And uh, it was awesome, man. And I look forward to trying to go 9-plus in 2022. It's absolutely validating, and I'm glad that it rewards the entirety of the season resume. BYU went 6-1 and one against 7 Power 5s. The ad nauseum talked about de facto Pac-12 South Championship. We hung put a the banner, banner for it. Put it back up. <laughs> yes, it's validating. Think about this. When you were in school, whether elementary or junior high or high school. A long time ago. And you are recognized, whether it's over the PA or by your teacher, as having done something great in class. Doesn't it feel nice to be publicly recognized in front of other people? The ranking, because BYU's name will pop up on that little ticker in final AP Top 25 poll as number 19. Everybody's going to see that. So, yes, it absolutely is validating. I had this weird, scary thought after the bowl game where I was like, they wouldn't dare drop BYU all the way out of the top 25, would they, after a loss to UAB? Because that would be the ultimate gut punch. Mm-hmm. And no, the national writers rewarded the entirety of the season. They validated what BYU did, not just in losing a bowl game, which they shouldn't have lost, but they rewarded what BYU did well. Ten wins, six against Power Fives. Yeah, absolutely, this is validating. Topic for another day. I'm not sure BYU needed seven Power Fives to be ranked that high. I think the voters didn't really care about that because if BYU plays four and goes 10 and three, they still might be 19. Well, BYU played none <laughs> in 2020 and finished number 11. Right. That weird, uh, that year was obviously different. I, I don't think that's a great example there. Topic two, does BYU deserve to be ranked in the preseason polls going into next season? Yes. Why, why wouldn't they be? You return your starting quarterback, yeah. Jaron Hall, who, according to Cam Meller, and he's been on point as an NFL draft analyst, is a guy that will be drafted into the NFL as a quarterback in the early rounds. And the entirety of your offensive line, which just got better because you bring in a rare five-star athlete, Kingsley Suamataia. You just got your transfer running back. You have tons of weapons receiving the ball. Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney is back. Hopefully Isaac Rex is okay. You got Dallin Holker. The offense is so good. That alone, Jerem, even if the BYU defense is just kind of meh to mediocre. The offense is so good, Which and they return so season. much. Yeah. They still deserve to be ranked. In fact, I'm, we're going to ask Trevor Maddich about this. Where does BYU deserve to be ranked going into next season? Speaking of that, there are several way too early top 25s. We found nine this morning and that BYU was in four of those, which goes back to a question we asked each other yesterday, which is how many are they going to be in? I said 40%. Turns out I was kind of close to like half of them. I think BYU deserves to be there solely based on the offense, Jerem. And and even if it's a porous defense injured like we saw from BYU late in the season, they still deserve to be ranked. National writers will just – uh, they'll see that Tyler Ogier is gone, and that will be a big thing if they're not in the top 25, which makes sense. But I think if you win 10 and you return your quarterback, that you have a good shot at being ranked. And in the end, does being preseason top 25 even matter? Like, BYU wasn't the last two years and finished. BYU wasn't even ranked to start 84. So you know maybe I mean? BYU fans, you don't want BYU to be ranked in the top 25 so they can overachieve? Maybe it just depends what you enjoy. I, I feel like, you know, the journey is the best part. Like, I, I make a big deal out of, well, when the dust settles, what does it look like? 
we're not there's not there's no parade happening today because BYU finished 19th, you know. But in the end, we can really assess like, okay, was this was this team good based on who it played? Were those teams good? Like BYU played a one, you know, Arizona won one game, South Florida won two games. Like those were nice wins. Should those margins have been more? Perhaps, whatever. Uh, BYU won, but it is interesting to see will BYU be in the AP top 25? I think BYU will be. I think because they're 19th, because of who BYU returns, even back-to-back though... Back-to-back seasons finishing in the top 20. That helps. I'm not sure how many writers like, will understand that context, per se. I think people mostly just look at what's right in front of them um, when they're evaluating BYU. They're Meaning just looking the mojo's in. been good for BYU the last two years. Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the average writer will be like, you know how many times in a row it's been... Yeah, they're feeling good about BYU. Losing Tyler, if BYU's not in some, it's because Tyler's gone. That's my guess at that. Okay, so now looking at this updated list, we have 10 in, and BYU is in five of them. So exact, We literally just got one more in exactly while we're talking. Exactly half. Wow. Fox College football has BYU at number 17 going into next season. The average. Okay, so, so of the five polls that BYU is currently ranked in for the preseason next year, the average is 17.6. Pretty good. And then Arkansas is 15, Oregon's 13, Baylor's 11. These are the averages, and Notre Dame's 7. Woo, that's rough. By the way, states with ranked teams. Do you know that the Beehive State is number one in the country with three ranked teams? No one has three. How about it? That's pretty cool. Take First that. time ever. It's Take never that. happened. Take that, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Ohio with two. Take that, Beehive State coming for you. It's a good year to be the Beehive State champions and on it the always. Beehive boot. Yes, it is. Yes, Our- it is. And guess what? We're going to keep that for at least three years. So we're playing Utah the next two. Let's go. Our questions of the day, because we can ask multiple questions. We're going to throw out a double-barreled situation here. Number one, should BYU be ranked going into the 2022 season? Why or why not? Let's start off with that and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Mike Perkins answers on Instagram, yes, BYU lost Tyler Algier and a few others, but BYU already has strong replacements and the defense will be even better. I hope it's better than 80th and SP+. Plus. That's what it was. That's what it was. It, listen, the BYU defense did a really nice job with takeaways. But at the end of the season, BYU is banged up and slippery. So many injuries, so much attrition. Just health. I mean, yeah. health on that side of the ball specifically. It's, yeah, and it's easy to pin it on a thing you can't control, right? Hopefully BYU can control the controllables and be better at that, which is get more depth. Be like undoubtedly that could happen again. Be ready for it. Christian Williams on Twitter says, "Heck yes, BYU will be better. Finished in the top twenty. Return a ton of talent, including Jaron Hall with new blood. Christopher Brooks, all got Houston new blood. Hamuli, coming in to boost the team. I love it. Yeah, no, it's exciting. De- de- not worried about the offense. Defense gotta gotta play better. Okay, Jerem and men, as I mentioned, and we have a poll question for you today that we will discuss in detail later in the show." Would you rather beat Utah <laughs> and finish ranked lower or finish ranked higher than the Utes but not beat Utah? So do you value the win over Utes more than the ranking? <laughs> the, the results are crazy. Almost 400 votes in thus far. Over 90% of you say beat Utah, finish ranked lower. I, get, I understand that. <laughs> like, would you rather have this year or would you rather have been – Kind of Utah, maybe, right? <laughs> I would have rather played in the Rose Bowl. Oh. Okay, coming up, why the College Football Playoff Committee is celebrating Groundhog Day a little early. 
And ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us to put a bow on the 2021 college football season, including what he thought of last night's national championship. And does BYU's most recent transfer addition in Christopher Brooks, is that enough to replace Tyler Algier? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Foos, at the end of the first half, buzzer against St. Mary's, that was a great play. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pubbins. Coach reviews the win over St. Mary's, previews massive matchups at Gonzaga in San Francisco. Seneca Knights, the player guest, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Biggest week of the year in the regular season? Might be. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure now to welcome in on a Tuesday college football insider and analyst, BYU national champion, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Maddich Tuesday following a national championship game that had a storybook ending for Stetson Bennett the fourth. Trevor, what do you think of last night's national championship game and the guy that was third-string quarterback to begin the season leading Georgia to their first national title in 41 years? You know what? That, that storyline caps this season with what's great about college football because it's not just the games. It's not just the X's and O's and the helmets. The guys underneath it have such compelling stories and Stetson Bennett actually was at Georgia as a walk-on, left Georgia, went to a junior college, came back under scholarship, was not supposed to really play. And the Georgia kid, who's nicknamed the mailman, was the, the guy who led them to the national championship. And that that's such a story. And he's going to be a Georgia legend for the rest of his life. And to see Stetson Bennett on the sideline after that pick six by the Georgia defense iced the game. But the game's still going on, but that iced the game. To see him in tears... And his teammates and coaches coming up and congratulating him, knowing the importance of that moment. That's what college football is. That, for those who don't watch it very much, that's why we connect to this game. Now, uh, you were on your mission in 82, right? So you missed the game BYU played in the Hedges? Uh, I did. I missed that game. Yeah, otherwise, you know, BYU would have won by a lot. For sure, right? (laughs) Come home out of pick six in that game. Herschel Walker was a crazy one with Steve as a junior. But, okay, so some other news college football yesterday and and the last couple days is, oh, we're not expanding the playoff. You know, and the Pac-12 is like, it's not our fault. And the SEC is like, well, you don't show up at that party. Uh, Do you think we'll get an expanded playoff at some point? Because as of, you know, earlier this week, they're acting like they're never going to do it. Right, and they always act like that as a negotiating ploy. The Pac-12, to their credit, has said they would approve of any of the six current proposals, so they are not in the way of anything. But the other Power Five conferences object to one or more of some of those proposals, so they're trying to get everybody together. The SEC, ideally for them, there wouldn't be any AQs because they figure they could get more uh, SEC teams into a a 12-team field if nobody has an automatic qualification. So right now, that the... What happens with the bowls? What happens with income distribution? There's a bunch of, of things that are holding it up. But we know that there's so much money involved that they'll come together because you 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 find a way once it's all involved. After all the negotiating stances are done and you get the most you can get, then they're they're going to do it. Now the current contract runs through 2025, and so it expires then anyway. And they have to do something then. The real question is, will they jump the gun and do something earlier? than 2025, and I tend to think that they will. 
Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've been discussing where BYU finished the season ranked, number 19 in the final AP Top 25. Back-to-back Top 20 finishes for BYU for the first time in more than a decade, Trevor. Where did you think that BYU deserved to finish this season ranked if it wasn't at number 19? I thought that range was about right. The team that started the season is a, a Top 12 team. The team that finished the season, you know, probably lower than 19. And so the the final AP ranking, I think it is kind of fair. And you, you don't get ranked basically on the team that you you had before. It's kind of the team that you currently have. And so, you know, late, late top 25 is probably about right. 19 puts you in that category. The thing about BYU this year, though, is that this is this is one of their most remarkable years, in my opinion. And it may be the best coaching year that I can remember because of all the injuries, because of the difficulty of the schedule and how they were able to to put together such a, a fantastic season going 6-1 and one against the Power 5, 5-0 five and oh against the Pac-12. And people would say that, okay, Arizona State wasn't as good as, as you know they thought they might be, teams like that. But then again, Baylor's a lot better than they thought. Utah won the Pac-12. Utah State won the Mountain West and looked dominant in their bowl game. So um, I think that where they finished, given the injuries, is probably about right. BYU beat two teams that finished in the final AP Top 25 for the first time since 96. So another piece of, yep, that's why this year was really special. Unfortunately, the UAB loss has dampened sort of the narrative around this team a little bit, despite it being an awesome year. So we look ahead to 2022. Do you believe BYU should be ranked in the preseason Top 25s going into the season? Yeah, I think they should be, and probably about where they are. And that's not really a reflection, good or bad. I think that's just compared to the other teams that'll be, be ranked around. They might be ranked a little bit higher just because of how many people they have coming back. I mean, they're losing a couple of key components, but most of the rest of this team is coming back and they're adding some key components. So I, I think the initial ranking will be better. But you mentioned, you know, going into 2022 and then the bowl game against UAB. I think the bowl game actually helps them going into 2022. That UAB team was a very physical team. It was a really good team. BYU had to play a lot of young guys, a lot of backups, and those backups have learned that they need to be ready not just knowing the scheme, but they have to be ready physically to hold up when they have to go in, should they have to go in, because it's academic before you have to do it. Then you have to do it and you face an opponent and all of a sudden any flaws, any gaps in your preparation are laid bare and it it hurts you on tape. And I'm not saying that, that they didn't prepare as hard as they could. I'm saying going forward, it'll add extra juice to everybody who doesn't think they're going to be a starter. So 2022, I think they'll start out probably a little bit ahead of where they are now. And I think they have a very good chance to rise from there because I think next year this team will be better than it was this year. It's probably a good thing, Trevor, because when I'm looking at the 2022 schedule and the opponents that are finishing this season ranked that are on next season's BYU schedule, including Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, not to mention where will Boise State and Utah State be, is, is this schedule going to become harder or be harder than what we saw in 2021? Now, we keep on thinking that that's going to happen, right? Where it, the schedule keeps on getting harder, and it looks like it's doing that. Because this year's schedule, regardless of what some teams you know, weren't as good as we thought, others were better than we thought coming in. Next year, because of what you mentioned, it was probably going to be the hardest regular season schedule that BYU's ever had. At least if there's a harder one, please let me know what it is. And that lights a fire again under the urgency to develop depth. And they've got some help on the way, which will help that. 
But the, what happened is last year with all the injuries and all the guys that had to step up and play and get experience, those guys will help add to the depth and to the competition for starting jobs. And so next year's schedule, it's a bear. But BYU will be better able to handle it than they were even this year's schedule. Yeah, and you, you said that, and then a minute ago that you felt like BYU was going to be even better. Do you feel like that will be quantifiable on the schedule uh, with an equal to or fewer losses record? Or because there are more top 25 teams, perhaps, on the schedule that maybe that won't necessarily be reflected in the record? Well, sometimes you can be better, and the, the record is not better because of the nature of the schedule. The opponent has something to say about that. And the teams that are playing are really good. Notre Dame next year just has a, a lot of great players coming back. Arkansas, you know, they, they should not be as far along as they are right now under Coach Sam Pittman because it's so new. But Coach Pittman was so remarkable in bringing that team together that they're only going to get better from there. And so, you know, it's going to be, you know, they don't have to play Utah next year, which actually is good for BYU from a standpoint of record <laughs> because Utah is going to be better next year too, I think, even though they're losing a bunch of players. But, you know, from a standpoint of, of what the record will be, I'm not really kind of referring to wins and losses right now. I'm talking about the quality of this team, mm -hmm. you know, with, with pretty much everybody coming back on defense, assuming that the injured guys come back at full speed, the defense will be a serious bear. And the offense, you know, especially in the passing game, has a chance to really elevate even without Tyler Algier there. Trevor, let's discuss some of those added pieces that you were referencing just a moment ago, specifically Christopher Brooks, the running back transfer from Cal. BYU also adds the fullback, Houston Haymuli. Those two guys – trying to replace some big shoes left by Tyler Algier. Do you feel like the combination of those guys and what BYU has in the stable already will be adequate to replace one of the best running backs in BYU history? I, I don't know that it's fair to any of the guys coming back to compare them to Tyler Algier because I, I don't think any one guy can really get there because he, he set the bar at the highest. I mean, it's the highest. If you put a bar at the ceiling and there's that much space – between the, the bar, top of the bar and the ceiling. And now you're saying, now, can the next guy get over that bar? That's <laughs> kind of hard to do. So that's not really the standard. The standard is, can they, can they excel in their own right? Can they be a credible running threat? Can they block well on blitz pickup? Can they catch the ball and make yards after the catch? Can they do those things at an effective level? And there'll be enough competition at the running back position that whoever rises to the top to get most of the carries, most of the catches, those kinds of things will have to be good because they've got a lot of good guys there. And when you talk about bringing in Cal's leading rusher, talking about bringing in uh, a physical fullback from Stan Stanford and some of the other guys that have come in, it is important because of the effect that it has not only on the team and competition, but also on recruiting. As recruits look at those guys coming in, they're saying, wait, why are those guys transferring in? You know, why do you have a five-star transferring in uh, from Oregon? Why do you have a guy like Puka Nakua and Samson Nakua come in from other Power Five conferences and, and perform so well? These are things that are excellent for BYU going forward. And I think that when you talk about those two backs in particular, they add to the competition and that will mean that the running back position, I believe, will be good enough to function at a high enough level that the passing attack can really carry the team next year if it needs to. Who knows if 2021 Tyler Algier could be 2022 Tyler You know what I mean? Like, it, it was an excellent year. Give us a sense of what it was like to play with Lake Hamuli because now his son Houston is a fullback at BYU. It's pretty cool to have a Hamuli back in, uh, in a blue uniform. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because Lakehe Muli was one of one of the 
favorites on the team. I mean, guys respected Lakehe Muli. They respected him off the field. They respected him on the field because when you ran into him, you ran into a brick wall. And he was the, the consummate team player. Everything that he did was about making everything better around him. And he was outstanding on his own. And if Houston is anything like his dad, he'll be a tremendous upgrade in the locker room and on the field. And I'm excited to see him go. And I'm excited that that uh, a tie to that national championship team and that national championship era, let me put it that way, is back on the team because it allows us to remember every time he steps on the field. Based on our conversation with Houston Hamuli yesterday, I think he's going to be a team and fan favorite as well. Looking at the transfer portal, Trevor, Baylor Romney leaves as BYU's primary backup quarterback. So in your opinion, do the Cougars and their coaching staff need to target the transfer portal for another quarterback at this point? I don't know that they need to target a quarterback. I think that they've got great competition behind Jaron Hall, and they'll need that competition. It's time for Jacob Conover to really step up and, and push for that backup role and push for playing time, really. And because BYU's history recently at quarterback has been such that the backup quarterback has been one of the most important people on the team because the starter's gotten hurt a lot, including Zach Wilson earlier in his career. And so the, the development of that position is huge. But again, they've got, they've got good competition now. I'm not sure who's coming back off a mission to uh, enhance that competition. But I don't know if I'm BYU, I would target another quarterback. But here, here's the thing. If BYU does target a quarterback and bring in another one for more competition uh, and potentially for the future, then all it does is raise the level of competition. And having this conversation is huge because in the past, BYU has been in the mold of other teams that are not in the power of five, where they've got a lot of really good starters. But it was a big drop off in a lot of positions from the starter to the backup. And what you need to handle a schedule like this year a schedule like next year even more, and then a Big 12 schedule, a Power 5 schedule, is your backups need to be able to rotate in and give you quality minutes without much drop-off at all. And you look at the two teams that played for the national championship this year, Georgia had actually more guys on defense to rotate in than Alabama did. And Alabama had, you know, historically has a whole lot of guys to rotate in, especially on that defensive line, but in other positions as well. And so that's the kind of the goal that BYU needs to get to, to where the backups are always pushing the starters for that starting position for playing time. That makes everybody better in the transfer portal, whether they bring them in from, uh, you know, a quarterback or anywhere else elevates that competition. And so what you're seeing in real time here is whether or not they go for a quarterback you're seeing in real time, the BYU transitioning from a non-Power 5 school to a Power 5 school. And they, they are on the right track to be able to compete. He was a national champion at BYU. We think he's a national champion broadcaster. Trevor, thanks so much for your help, not just today, but throughout the entirety of an unforgettable 2021 season. You're a class act. We look forward to talking to you every week during the football season. I appreciate you having me on. You do such a great job, and it's always an honor to be on with you. Thank you for having me. We might just randomly call you if we miss you. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, please, please do. And, and even if you don't uh, miss me, call me anyway. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Trevor. Okay, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation on a Maddich Tuesday to wrap he's up the best, man. a wild college football uh, season. How awesome is it, one, that we have access to him, and two, that he's a BYU guy, right? He's a national guy that's on SportsCenter, on College Football Live. Blah, 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 blah. What, I want to go back to something I said about Tyler. I didn't phrase it very well. I'm not sure 22 Tyler Algier could outdo 21 Tyler Algier. You know what I mean? Like, even Tyler might not be able to outdo Tyler. Like, 
We shouldn't expect if we if we had like Curtis Brown or Harvey Unger or Luke Staley, like I'm not sure that they can outdo Tyler Algier. You know what I mean? What we saw was incredible. We don't need 1,600 yards and like 23 touchdowns. We just need like physical running to set up the pass game with these really good. Rece- you don't need like a Doak Walker semifinalist kind of year. That was an exception. That was amazing. Well, that's a fair point because I think BYU fans, when Ty Detmer won the Heisman Trophy, expected him to show up in 1991 and do the same do exact again. thing. He finished third in the Heisman voting in third. 1991, Not which is incredible. <laughs> but he had an entirely different core of skill set players around him on a much younger team. And the schedule was Tough. Was much tougher. BYU goes what eight three and two. Well, Tyler like would still, I think, ever. be amazing. Like Ty Detmer was amazing yeah, coming he'd be a back. A thousand yard guy for sure. But maybe not like an historic record-setting right. season. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, coming up, would you rather be ranked higher than Utah, or are you taking the head-to-head win? And what else does BYU women's basketball, under one of our favorites, head coach Jeff Judkins, need to do to keep making their way up the national rankings? This is BYU Sports Nation. What do we got to do, Spence? Tell me, man. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talked with former Cougar baseball player Adam Law about his family legacy in the game, life in the minors, and his new job for the Dodgers with mental strength. Let's do it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Following the latest round of college football playoff expansion talks, Big 12 Commish, a.k.a. our homie, Bob Bolzer, described the talks as Groundhog's Day and said that <laughs> we didn't even get close and we have entrenched issues. It sounds like my life, by the way. What is it going to take to expand the playoff? One side or the other yielding. And I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon until they see the dollar signs that are available. Don't they say If now? and when. I don't know. Why Maybe don't it now? hasn't been presented clearly enough. I don't know what's taking so long because the it's Google clear to me. The slide didn't work. It's clear to me. Yeah, did the like, PowerPoint presentation like, break they down? They like, couldn't cast or something on the screen. They're like, well, we don't know how many millions we'd get. I think it's just a matter of time. I think it's like uh, Thanos. Why the hesitation? Why the hesitation? That's what I want. Because the SEC doesn't need it. They don't need it. They just had two teams in the national championship game. Wouldn't they want three teams in the playoffs? More money, more exposure? They did. They had uh, Ole Miss and the Sugar. <laughs> like, it, like, we're just formatting it differently. It'd still be 12 teams. There are 12 teams in the New Year's Six. What, would, it, would it mean more? It's, it's more games. Yeah, there'd be another round of games that doesn't exist because the quarterfinals exist, if you will, in the form of the New Year's Six. I just feel like the context of the interest two. along with the money would all be greater. Just by feels, nature of it. feels like it, but if you're the SEC, or do you feel like you're yielding power to lesser leagues for some reason? The Pac-12, per se. Well, and ACC. And Big 12, right? Make it happen by 2023 when BYU gets into the, uh, the Big 12. They're, they're all lesser leagues if you're the SEC. BYU men's basketball currently an eight seed in the new ESPN Bracketology, according to Joe Lunardi. Jerem, do you see a path? That does not include a win over Gonzaga for BYU, yep. where the Cougars could earn better than an eight seed. Yeah. Uh, best case scenario, let's talk. Lose three games total in league, two to Gonzaga, one to somebody else. San Francisco, St. Mary's, I don't know. No other slip-ups. Be 25-6, and six, go to the title game, finish 27-7, and seven, be a six. It's the best case scenario. My likely scenario, here's 25-9 and nine going into selection center. And a seven or eight. 
Yeah. I, I'd take that right now. Of course there is a path. Like, technically, BYU could run the table other than losing two to Gonzaga, and they would get back up to that five or six seed line. No one's going to fault BYU for losing to Gonzaga twice or even three times if they lose in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game again. That's what I expect. If it's different, I'll be elated. But if BYU wins at San Francisco and wins at St. Mary's, they have no slip-ups other than Gonzaga. You that's, think that happened? No. I don't, I don't think that happened. No, but that's saying like that would be good enough for a five or a six seed. Yeah. Realistically, I think BYU is going to be a six or seven. Or seven or eight. Happens. Yeah. Okay. Women's Tips remains 18th in the AP Top 25, fifth in ESPN's Bracketology, meaning a five seed. What do the Cougars need to do to climb in both? Just keep winning. Gonzaga has proven to be a good team, even though they lost a ton of talent, and they're the second best team in the West Coast Conference next to BYU. Yep. BYU wins. Just keep winning. They go. What else are you supposed to do? You know, 17 and one they in have league to do more play. More than winning. Yeah. They go 17 and one in league play with a loss at Gonzaga, but they beat everybody else. Right. BYU could be a four seed or even a three seed. That's a lot of wins. Think about that. If BYU finishes the season with only losses on the road against Oklahoma, ranked team, and maybe at Gonzaga, that's good enough for a three seed. Yeah, Gonzaga's 33 in net. He's 25, so it's going well. Keep winning, and yeah, BYU will climb. It's all good. USC football has now hired former BYU linebacker Dennis Simmons. Still have his autograph at my house. Nice. <laughs> From 1996. That finalizes their coaching staff. So with two former Cougars on USC staff, is this somehow a threat to BYU? Um, Sean Newell being on the D-line is. BYU's not competing for receivers with USC. The receivers that go to USC aren't coming to BYU and vice versa. Um, but the D-linemen do. There's, there are a handful of D-linemen that USC has plucked that BYU is hoping for over the past couple years. I think Sean Nua is a really good coach. He was at Navy, he was at Michigan. He left Michigan Aiden to go Hutchinson, to USC. number one pick maybe. Yeah, this, this is a problem for BYU in recruiting, I think, with Sean Nua. There may be a couple guys that swing that way. This is a problem for every Pac-12 school with Lincoln Riley putting together this oh, awesome yeah, staff. Yeah, Utah, your reign of terror is over. Your one-year reign of terror because USC is going to be good again. So it's over. BYU, yeah, oh, yeah. Rose Bowl is big time. BYU relying heavily on Kalani Satake for that recruiting boost. He's he's up against a significant challenge with USC. It's been now. seven years. I'm waiting for that D-line to be kind of what. Hey, Brock Kyrus. Can, can it? Can we get more than one guy in seven years? It, it was it was awesome at Utah. I'm I'm I like who BYU has. Just need to see can BYU get a D line similar to what Utah has, or it's getting pressure with four. I'd, I'd love to get back to that. All right, Jeremy, let's talk some hardball. Hardball. BYU baseball has uh, Bryce Harper and Bryson Stott from the Phillies. Pretty cool. Uh, visit them yesterday. Who'd you bring in to talk to fill in the blank team at BYU? So I want BYU football. To have an experience like, I mean, we're talking about an MVP megastar in Bryce Harper. Who right? probably has a connection from Mike's days at Dixie with Southern Nevada, I'm guessing, with Bryce. Yeah, and Mike Littlewood has always said that Bryce has been really good to him and to the BYU yeah. baseball program. Bryce said he really hates cool. BYU on MLB Network one time. But he loves BYU baseball. Hates BYU basketball. <laughs> I would love to see Tom Brady come and talk with be, BYU football. That'd be great. Like to have any of the GOATs or Peyton Manning. Yeah, you know, come and talk with any MVP BYU football team. Yeah. Like that, that level is like even beyond Bryce. Love Bryce, right? Um, the greatest player of all time. Like Tom Brady's like another level. You know what like I mean? Like Steph Curry Having comes Bryce and talks around. to cool. BYU basketball. One time, Bryce Harper was at Haas Field, the practice field. My wife was the sports information director. She didn't know what he looked like, and he was behind some shots they were trying to get for some interviews. So she asked him if he was on the grounds crew. Mm. 
That is the funniest story ever with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you on the ground strip? He's like, uh, no. no. I was like, you asked the number one pick in the email. <laughs> it was a woman, Doris Burke. Doris Burke I'd would have be Doris awesome. Burke come and talk to BYU women's basketball. Alex Morgan to soccer. That'd yeah. Steph Curry to basketball. There we go. Ashley Hatch knows Alex. Play on the same team. They're homies. It's crazy. Coming up, we're just beating uh, Matthew Delavidova on the all-time wins over St. Mary's. Top five Tuesday. Oh, it's, it's, it's up there. Yeah, and is the win over Utah in football worth being ranked below the Utes in the final AP poll? More discussion on that. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's some chewy jerky right there. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sin right now, we've heard Coach Pope call Tijon Lucas a Jedi, but how does Tijon feel about that? He catches up with him to find out. Check it out on the BYU Sin Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Earlier, we sent out a poll question based on the results of the final AP College Football Rankings where BYU and Utah sit, 19 for the Cougars, 12 for the Utes. Then we asked, would you rather beat Utah but finish ranked lower than the Utes or finish ranked higher than the Utes but not beat Utah? Okay, (laughs) We have polls on multiple social media platforms. On Twitter, 91% of you prefer beating Utah Mm -hmm. but finishing ranked lower. You'll take that option. I get it. It's a massive number, man. Instagram is not far off. 87% on Instagram have voted in favor of, hey, I don't care if BYU finishes ranked lower than Utah as long as they beat the Utes. Yeah, I, I get it, man. Um, <laughs> I think if I think if the uh, streak wasn't the streak and it was kind of even, you know, the last decade it was 5-5, five and five, I think we'd feel a little more differently. How do you think we're going to feel uh, when BYU's in the Big 12? I, I, I think it's we, we're going to experience what Utah experienced, which is, Yes, we still care about the rivalry, but we care more about where we finish in conference sure. than that. If BYU wins a Big 12 championship, are you willing to lose to Utah? One million percent. Yes, just better. like Utah said, yeah, I'll lose to BYU every year U- if I can win a Pac-12 championship. Utah laid losing to BYU on the altar to get to the Rose Bowl, if you will, right? Because this is a question that Utah fans have asked themselves, of some that we know, is would we sacrifice a BYU loss to get to the Rose Bowl? 100%. Why wouldn't you? Like, I don't mean to offend anybody, but you're an idiot if, if you don't understand <laughs> how awesome that is, right? Oh, but dude, I don't want to hear from Daryl in my ward. Shut up, Daryl, right? We've talked about that. <laughs> but it, it just depends what you value, right? If you value, like, I don't care if BYU goes one. I like to, we like to make you sound dumb if you, you have the, like, extreme opinion we don't agree with. Uh, we... If BYU lost to Utah, if you're BYU-Utah, a conference championship in a Power 5 league is way bigger than anything. Like, oh my gosh, Was Utah penalized by the people that matter the most on the committees that put them in the Rose Bowl by losing to BYU? The committee did not put them in the Rose Bowl. They won the Pac-12. They won the Pac-12. There was no committee that gave them that. Like, they earned that. If BYU wins the Big 12 and the Sugar's not a playoff game, doesn't matter what happens against Utah. That's the price. Is the Sugar like? That's what's up. I freaking love Sugar, man. I want Sugar on everything. My mom would buy us like Cheerios with no, you know, and and like cornflakes, but not frosted. We would have to apply the sugar. I will apply all the Sugar Bowl sugar <laughs> I could possibly get if BYU ever 
wins the Big 12, which would be just awesome. That was the same like, it our took house. it same thing. Yeah, hashtag Except uh, we didn't yeah. we weren't encouraged to add sugar. It was just eat the cereal, but then ever occasionally oh, you would I'm get the box of all. sugar cereal. Even like Honey Nut Cheerios, oh. and we would eat them in like an hour and a half, and they were gone. I barely done. eat Honey Nut Cheerios now. Like, I need more sugar. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, the Honey Nut Cheerios were like a commodity. Yes, Now yes. it's like, I have all the sugar cereals. I, I had a conversation with my wife this week about how Marshmallow Mateys does not bring the same <laughs> amount of marshmallows that Lucky Charms does. I, I'm not sure I'm going to eat it. Like, I need more sugar. The sugar of being in a Power 5 league is going to be awesome because now it's a meritocracy. Now you earn it. You either win the league or you don't, right? You earn that. And BYU's going to be in a division, hopefully win said division at some point. Remember, it took Utah a long time. What was this, year 11 in the Pac-12? And I have a theory, because USC is down, someone's got to take that spot. And And Oregon, for that matter. Oregon was down, and Washington's way down, too. Utah stepped through that door that was open. Hopefully, BYU has a similar opportunity in the Big 12. All right. Let's keep it rolling, baby. Coming up, some rise and shoutouts. And the top five wins over St. Mary's for BYU basketball. Does TJ Haas' game winner reach the top spot? Oh, shoot. Oh, the mean mug. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And you can download what's called a podcast. Uh, You can subscribe, rate, and review it as well. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Following a big win over St. Mary's last Saturday night, we look back at BYU's top five wins all time against the Gales on the hard court, on the hard floor. On the hardball court, man. On the basketball floor. Number five. 2014, the night of Matthew Delvadova's jersey retirement because the (laughs) standards are super low at St. Mary's compared to BYU's. You have to, like, wait 10 years. Anyway, up to this point, BYU did not won a game in Moraga a few years into the West Coast Conference. Your boy, Tyler Haas, led the team with 18 points. BYU was down 14. Spoiled Matthew Delvadova's night, which is awesome. And uh, because not everyone's a fan here, Eric Mika, muy bien, and you may... Remember the choke sign from Eric Mika as well, <laughs> which he said, there it is, which he said was his greatest his moment. finest moment in the rivalry uh, series. <laughs> Yikes. He actually did something worse than that, uh, but we're not going to show it. Oh, I, I miss <laughs> Eric, man. That dude's the best. Number four, rewind to just last year. BYU back in Moraga looking to end a six-game road losing streak against the Gales. Uh, and they did. Similar to last Saturday's winning at St. Mary's, BYU held the Gales scoreless for nearly 10 minutes in this game. Right. Ending the game on a 17-2 run. Barcelo pacing the Cougars with 14 points. Brandon Abert, remember him? He had nine points all in the second half. Number three, head to Vegas. BYU knocked off 20th ranked St. Mary's to advance to the West Coast Conference Championship oh. game. Yoli Childs, Elijah Bryant, two-man wrecking crew, 33 points for Yoli, 25 for Elijah Brigham Bryant, who's in Turkey now, by the way. Congrats to Yoli and Megan on a uh, child born a couple weeks ago. Uh, That's number three. Look at how good that team was. Yoli, Eli, TJ. Loaded. Pretty good. This is a 2019 tournament. Yeah. Yeah. At number two, we go back to 2010. Before BYU and St. Mary's were WCC foes, the matchup featured Jimmer Fredette and Matthew Dellavedova with the South Padre Championship on the line. The Cougars were perfect 6-0 going into the game. Nearly had it ruined until Jimmer... Hit a three 
with 11 seconds left to give BYU a 72-70 lead. Oh, Brandon. Yeah. His only three of the night. There it Boom. is. Boom. BYU went 74-73. Despite just one three, Jimmer finished with 24 points. Jackson Emery had 15. Number one, 2020. Dramatic 81-79 win. Don't forget, Mark Pope's first year. Uh, the go-ahead. T.J. Haas hits three. T.J. Haas hits a, a game winner late, a three coming off the screen. Zach Salius gets a block. T.J. Haas had a baby that night. It was a special night in the Marriott Center, man. Here's the play. Down one, 10 seconds left. Boom, baby. Oh! And then Zach Salius had the lowest block of anyone ever. Mean man. From T.J. And then... <laughs> Uh, Jordan Ford missed that runner. He would make the said runner in the WCC semifinal, unfortunately. But Zach, so you said, yeah, that was an easy low block for me. Yes. <laughs> so much fun. Those are tough. Unforgettable night. Our question of the day. Back to football. Should BYU be ranked going into the 2022 season? Why or yes. why not? Yes. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Johnny Linehan on Twitter chimes in. Yes. But also, who cares, he asks. Earn your ranking. I hate preseason rankings. He sounds like Bronco Mendenhall. Everything is inflated. Maybe it is Bronco. He's not busy. Michigan wasn't even ranked this last preseason. Flushed face. Uh, by the way, the <laughs> the new Big 12, right? Five teams uh, in, three of which will be additions. Awesome. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We want to give it to BYU Former head basketball coach Dave Rose, he's at the Huntsman Center yesterday having some surgery. Uh, probably, I just heard from his that. son Garrett, said he's doing well. Yeah, probably at the hospital. Right? He got his butt kicked by the surgery. He's in for a long recovery, but so far it was successful. Yeah, good luck to Dave. Not exactly sure what's going on with him, but best of luck. Kendall Combs said, toughest dude I know. Certainly, he's dealing with some tough circumstances right now. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry, Dennis. We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Stan Watts. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!